Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Please welcome Andrew Hudson with this week's message. Thanks, William. Hey, everybody, how we doing? Happy New Year. Feels more like uh, April 1st out there today rather than January 1st, right? I heard that might change tomorrow, but it, uh, yeah, what a day. What a warm and wet. So, um, uh, hey, you know, so it's 2022. That's weird to say. I'm sure that will take a few weeks to get used to, you know, writing on things when you write the date. And, you know, I always feel like it takes me a month or two to get used to that. And, uh, but I don't know about you, but it feels like every year just keeps going faster. Uh, 2021 just seems like it kind of blurred from 2020. It didn't seem like uh, a lot changed. But, you know, um, sometimes, though, it's it's important, though, I think that we we think about, you know, what's God done through us in the last year? You know, what, what, let's reflect and actually, before we move into the next year, let's, let's think about and remember what, what has God done in our lives? What are some things that we've seen him do? What's happened in our lives? What are the memories of the last year? Uh, I know on social media, I've noticed a lot of people are posting, you know, pictures and memories of things that they did in the last year, vacations or different things they took or things that happened to them. So I thought I'd share a couple just minor things that happened with me, if that's okay with you guys. So, so this first picture, uh, if you want to throw that first one up there, um, I kind of, the Olympics were okay, were pretty good for me this year, just won a few medals. Uh, I'm planning to compete the next time in underwater basket weaving. Uh, so that'll be, that's the next one. You know, and so when I'm, then not only that, when I'm not busy pastoring, I got this little hobby, if you want to throw up the next one. I'm good at inventing things. You know, you may, have, may or may not have heard of this vaccine thing I've been working on on the side. Um, I got to go on a little vacation, if you want to throw the next one up there. A little vacation, it was, um, it was, I'll be honest, it was pretty much just a bunch of open space, uh, but it was cool. Uh, and uh, I got to attend a few events this year, if you want to throw up the next one. This, it was pretty cold, but I'm, I'm glad I brought my mittens uh, to that one. And then lastly, of course, the worst thing in 10 years happened. Uh, my team lost, and uh, and I'm pretty. It's pretty amazing. I can be in two places at once. I'm here right now, and you know, in Pasadena. So, um, no, obviously, just joking. And I didn't mean anything political or you know about any issues. I was just wanted to have some fun. But um, but you know, we think about we think about oftentimes we look back on our year. We remember the things that we've done, the things that uh, God has done, and that's important. It's important not to just bull rush right into the next season. It's important to go back and to reflect and remember. That's a theme we see in the Bible over and over and over and over again. God says, I want you to remember. I want you to remember. I want you to remember what I've done. I want you to remember what I've done for my people. And he's always inviting us to do that as well. And so we have this kind of tradition in the last number of years that in this transition weekend from the old year into the new year where we review kind of as a church, we reflect and we remember as a church what God has done at VCDC. And we look back over what are some of the different things that he's brought us through and we review some of the different things we've talked about and the ways we've seen him move. And we look at all the, basically the sermon series that we've kind of 
gone through and we look at snapshots or pictures of what they've been to look for themes and what do we see that God might want us to carry from last year and not forget into the coming year. And so that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna kind of, kind of review where, what, what we did over the last year and what we talked about in various sermon series and then see what he has for us in this coming year. So let me pray for us. Let me pray. God, we just, uh, we simply invite your presence and we recognize that that is not a simple thing, that that's a profound thing, that you are here with us. And so Lord, I pray that wherever we're at today, physically, emotionally, mentally, that you would come close to us right now. And we wanna give you permission, just to put your finger on maybe something that you don't want us to forget from last year, something you want us to remember. And we just give you this time, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is gonna be, a, this overview is gonna be real quick. Uh, so I would encourage you if, that if you missed any of these, Maybe you're newer to the church and so you weren't here. Maybe you just were absent for a couple weeks. Uh, I would encourage you, you can go back and revisit any of these series that we did in the last year. Uh, they're all on our website, bcdc.org. Um, and the very first one that we did was called Hindsight is 2020, kind of a catch on, a play on those words, uh, where we looked at the previous year. And as we all know, 2020 was a tough year, uh, covid the pandemic was in full swing. There were racial issues going all over the country. Uh, there was tension with the national election that year. Uh, and that was just some of the big things. There's lots of little things going on as well. Time Magazine called 2020 uh, one of the worst years to be alive in modern history. And I think, I think that we all felt that at least on some level. Maybe not in a huge way, but at least on some level. We all experienced something of that because there was no avoiding it. And when things are tough, when things are difficult, what, what should we do? We should go back and focus on what's most important. We prioritize what's most important. We, we go, we, we think back, well, okay, what are, what are my most important values? What are my most important beliefs? And as Christians, that should involve uh, our values and beliefs about God and how we think about God and how God thinks about us and our relationship with God. It should involve our purpose and thinking about what is our purpose and, and, and then, then how, does that, how do we relate to the other Christians in the church and how do we relate to non-Christians out in the community? And those are our, basically our four connects, our four connects. And we took those, those four weeks at the beginning of the year to really go through each of those and really dive deep into what does that look like in hindsight of 2020? What, what should we learn from that year and then bring into the next year? And then Michael and I did a two-part series right after that called When We Gather. When We Gather, because we had been kind of exclusively online for a short bit at the beginning of the year last year, if you remember that, and we really missed gathering together in person. We really missed doing that. Online is wonderful. It's a wonderful tool, and I'm so thankful that we have it and we can continue to have it. So those of you who are joining us online can continue to participate. But we all know that there's something uh, that's different when you're in person. There's something that when we're together in person uh, that is powerful. And, and the two things that I think we, we, we recognize that we missed the most when we were just online was our ability to worship together and to pray together. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I can engage with a sermon pretty well online. I can listen to the person and watch them and pay attention, but there's something about worship, there's something about prayer that's just different. And, 
And there's something about being together and doing those things cohesively and, and in unison with each other, to, to sing out, to raise our hands, to clap, to cry, to kneel, uh, to shout, to worship and sing in unison and praise God together collectively, and, and also to pray and to get prayer and to pray for each other, right? You know, we have this thing we do at the end called ministry time and using the Vineyard five-step prayer model that I just love. I love, and I never want that to be like the credits at the end of the movie, right, that you can just skip through. That's actually, I feel like ministry time is the culmination of the movie, is the climax. It is what, where we're, we're cluing into what God's doing and responding to it and giving him space to do that. And so when we get to do that, it's such a privilege to get prayer and to pray for each other. Um, and I'm so thankful uh, that we participate in those two things and really value those two things here at the Vineyard. And I would just encourage you, as we go into this next year, you know, if, if either one of those things, worship or praying, uh, is maybe newer for you, or maybe there's a, a part of that's a little uncomfortable for you, to really ask God, what, is he, what, what, what step might he want you to take, to take a little bit of a risk in that, to worship a little bit more with your body, or sing out loud a little bit more, or, uh, or to pray for somebody. Maybe some of you have never prayed for somebody before up front here. I would encourage you when we do, just come up and you don't have to be the main person praying, just join in. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder and just listen. Be just be a part of it. Be a silent participant. That's okay. Or maybe you've never come up and gotten prayer. Or maybe that's been intimidating. I would encourage you this year to take a, take a step of faith. And when, it, when, when it's, a, when, you know, not being forced, but when you feel like God is nudging you to do that, to respond to that. Because it's such a gift. It's such a gift from God. And that, that little mini-series that when we gathered took us right into really the season of Lent, uh, 40 days of prayer and fasting leading up to Easter. We did a series called The King's Cross. Uh, it was inspired by a book by Timothy Keller of the same name. And in this series, we focused on the last few days of Jesus' life, the last few days leading up to the cross by looking at the second half of the Gospel of Mark. And Mark, from the beginning to the end, really does make a case that Jesus is the king. But he's not just the king of the Jews, not just the descendant of King David, he is the king of the world. And he's not like other kings that have come before him. He's not like a king who just sits on his throne and lets everybody else do all the work and stuff. He actually came off of his throne and hung on a cross for us. He got messy with us and got messy with the world and humanity and came into our muck, right? And, it, and so that requires a response from us. We talked about this, if you don't remember, we talked about this thing to, to Easter. It talk, that requires a response that we can't just be indifferent towards Jesus. Timothy Keller has this quote in that book. He says, either you have to kill him, talking about Jesus, or you'll have to crown him. The one thing you can't do is just say, what an interesting guy. I love how he puts it. It's so easy to put Jesus in this historical box, like, okay, yeah, that's cool, but that was 2,000 years ago, right? Like, we're living in the 21st century, and we can just kind of avoid this question. So often, humanity just avoids this question, but this is the question. This is the question. The question is, who is Jesus to you? Who is he to you? Is he just some interesting guy? Is he insane? Is he a troublemaker? 
or is he your king? Is he your king? Does he have authority and power in and over your life, in the way that you live your life, and the decisions that you make? And it's not just a question that we should think about maybe one time when we say a prayer when we're like seven or eight. It's a question we should think about all the time. It's a question we should be constantly, regularly reflecting on and, and saying, okay, what do I, who, do, who is Jesus to me today? And, and does my life align with what I say I believe about him? Am I obedient and willing to come under his, his kingship, his authority, his power? And that led us right really nicely, I think, into our next series of who do we think we are? You know, if we ask this question, well, who is Jesus? And we answer that, well, then who are we, right? Who do we think that we are? And, and we looked at really the, this treasure chest of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We went through the, the letter of Ephesians from kind of beginning to end, uh, you know, where we, not from an individual point of view, like who do I think I am, but who do we think we are as Christians, as Christians collectively, as the church, and in this letter to the Ephesians, it's, it's a pretty short letter, six chapters long, and it divides really evenly into like two equal halves, the first three chapters and the second three chapters. And the first three chapters focused us on basically our position in Christ and the doctrine of our faith, our identity in him. Well, the second half focuses on, and on how that impacts the practices of our faith and the duties of being a Christian. You know, if we are adopted by the Father, redeemed by the Son, sealed by the Holy Spirit, which it talks about in Ephesians, to then go from that place, that solid ground, anchored in that as a collective identity, as all of us as Christians, how does that impact how we love others, how we go out and live our lives, how we invite others into God's family? You know, that, that, that should impact how we treat other people how we interact with other people, whether you're the boss or the employee, you know, the parent or the child, the husband or the wife or whatever, all other relationships. You might even recall, we, we tried something a little bit different where we interviewed a couple different experts and like showed videos of them and, uh, and kind of addressing some of those areas and trying to be really practical. But if, if we believe that we are adopted, redeemed and sealed by God, if he really does care about us, then how do we know what direction he's leading us? How does he guide us? How does God guide us in this life? And that led right into what we talked about the very next series was the God who leads. The God who leads. We talked about these five very different ways that God can speak to us, each starting with the letters C and S. The very first one was uh, commanding scripture remember this one. We talked about how, how God can lead us and guide us through the Bible and through Scripture. Uh, the compelling Holy Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit can uh, supernaturally guide us and lead us and inspire us. We talked about common sense, that God can speak to our brains, the logical part of our brains, our, our ability to reason. So often I think we just think, well, that's just me. Well, sometimes that could be you, but sometimes that's God. Sometimes God helps us think things out. Uh, number four, the council of the saints. And by saints, I don't mean people who died like 200 years ago wearing robes. Like when I say saints, I mean like fellow Christians, friends today, people in this church, people in your small groups, how God can use them and, and to speak into your life. And the fifth one is circumstantial signs. 
that what we sometimes call like open or closed doors, that God can guide us by opening a door in our life and, and or closing a door in our lives. And we can use those five different ways. And I, I think together, those five ways really provide a very balanced, but yet diversified approach, both natural and supernatural ways of engaging in relationship with God and knowing how he's guiding us, how he's leading us through the ups and downs and twists and turns of life. And again, if you missed any of those, I would encourage you uh, to go back and listen to some of those because I think those are really practical things that sometimes we don't know we're gonna need them until we need them. And if they're kind of embedded in us, then we'll remember them and recall them and be able to go back and revisit them. And then more recently, we took a few months to do a deep dive in exploring one of my absolute favorite and yet most misunderstood books of the Bible, Ecclesiastes. And you might remember we called that, that series was called Chasing After the Wind, a phrase that appeared often throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. And when I think about Ecclesiastes, what I remember is that we're we're all looking to give our lives to something. We all want to get the end of our life and know we didn't waste it, right? We all wanna know that we've, we've done it well and we've, we've, we've figured out what's the kind of the point. And the teacher, the teacher of Ecclesiastes, which the word teacher is the word Ecclesiastes in Greek, hence the name of the book, uh, he was trying to do the same thing, trying to experiment or test all the different things of this world, all the things he calls under the sun. If you remember that, he uses that phrase a lot. And he, he tests all these different things to just try to find one thing, one thing that would provide like lasting, intentional, and important meaning in his life. And this teacher, probably King Solomon or a Solomon-like figure, he uses all of his resources, his money, his power, his fame, his education, his authority. He tests them all and he finds them all to be meaningless. He uses the word hevel in Hebrew, meaning vapor or you know, smoke, wind, that pursuing all the things of this world that this world has to offer, uh, they, won't, they won't satisfy, they won't last. They'll, they'll just be vaporous, they'll just be hevel. And King Solomon was probably the wisest, wealthiest, most powerful person in the world at the time. He's like this, this cross between you know, Albert Einstein and Elon Musk and the President of the United States, like all mixed in one, right? And yet his conclusion at the end of it all, at the end of this, life experiments was that it's all meaning, it's all hevel, it's all vanity, apart from fearing God and keeping his commandments. He says this in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter, fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. That's, that's the conclusion he comes to, that the, the meaning of life of, of every person that we should all learn is that it's really about fearing God, not in this like scary way that we should be afraid of him and be terrified of him, but in this reverent way, in this awe-filled way. And then that should inspire us and drive us to, to be obedient to him, to know that he, he knows what's best for us, that he wants to guide us, like we talked about in the previous series before that. Right? Um, and, and that he doesn't want, then, and then at the end, we won't get to the end and have wasted our lives. We won't have missed the point. But the teacher, even Solomon, didn't know what that fully meant because he lived before Jesus. See, Jesus is the fulfillment of those things. Jesus showed us perfectly how to fear the Father and be reverent towards the Father and be obedient to the 
commandments of the Father. He showed us, he taught us how to do that. And that, and that led us right into our Christmas series, our final series that we did, A Crossroads of Christmas, where we celebrated that very fact that God came from heaven to earth. It's a baby boy born in a stable. And, and we looked at the Christmas story, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the Christmas story from the perspective of five different uh, people or groups in the story, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Joseph, his adoptive father, the three wise guys, or the wise men, that's it, three wise men, um, uh, the shepherds, and then of course we looked at it from Jesus himself and how each one of them, each one of them were brought to a crossroads of decision, a crossroads of having to say yes to the invitation of God, to go, go to take their lives in some direction that maybe was unplanned or not what they expected. You know, at the beginning of 2021 to the end of it, there seems to have been this theme, this reoccurring theme of God really inviting us to take our faith seriously, to really pursue Jesus as a follower of Christ, as Christians, and then to be obedient to his nudges and his leadings. We saw that almost in everything that we did. And I don't, I don't know that we were aware that's what God was doing, but looking back, it seems like that theme just kept happening over and over and over again, almost every time. But that requires making space for God. He can't lead us. We can't hear him if we're not giving space for him to speak. We can't see what, what he's up to if we're not looking for it. And there was a number of standalone talks that or kind of one-offs that we did throughout the year that we're not gonna talk about tonight, we don't have time for, but there was one in particular, this one called Making Space that I do wanna talk about. And I, it was probably my favorite weekend of the year, last year. And looking back, even the way it happened was amazing. Uh, it was in the summertime, if you, I don't know, if, and um, you guys may or may not remember it, but, and you may not even know the backstory, so I'm gonna tell it to you, but, uh, we, had, we have missionaries, Christopher and Denise Meyer. Many of you know them personally. Uh, they were here back home in the States from Brazil for a while, and they were gonna share and speak this particular weekend. And that weekend, Christopher fell ill and was sick. And so uh, we were gonna have to kind of come up with plan B. And I was on vacation. I was out of the state uh, with my family, and I get a phone call from Michael, I think on Friday. And he's like, hey, so we got a little bit of an issue. And uh, he said, this is what's going on. Christopher said, we're gonna have to push that back. Um, and he said, I'm gonna be here Saturday night. Uh, and so I'm, I'm thinking, I, I'll put something together and then will you give my talk on Sunday? And I thought I was gonna throw up. Like, I, I was like, I'm not thinking about, to be honest, I wasn't really thinking about you guys. I was checked out, I was checked out. I was taking a break, I was on vacation and we're coming back on Friday. And I'm like, okay, that's like, in two days, and that makes me really anxious. But I remember on the phone with Michael, I realized he wasn't anxious at all. He was like, he had this really cool amount of, like this high level of peace about him. And he, and he said to me, he said, I'm not worried about it. So I actually feel like God's given us an opportunity, an opportunity to kind of stop what our plan was and, and let God have his plan and make space for him. And so that's what we did that weekend. We did a short kind of little mini talk and then we just, we gave a lot of space for God to speak. And there was a lot of prophetic things said, a lot of words shared, 
and a lot of people got healed, loved on, encouraged, and it was it was like realizing like oh, God's you know what we thought was Plan B was actually God's Plan A all along, right? And that's one of the things I really love about our church and about the vineyard is that we do give space for that. We don't have everything so planned out to a T that there's no room for God to speak, that we actually do that very intentionally, that we want uh, to leave room for him because we actually believe that God's presence is with us, that he is right here, right now, in this space, in this room that if you're watching online, that he's in your living room, he's in your bedroom or wherever you're watching this from, he's with you. If we look throughout the Bible, from pretty much beginning to end, God's presence is with his people in different ways. You know, in the garden, he's walking around with Adam and Eve in the garden. He's there with them. You know, with the people are in the wilderness, Moses and the people in the wilderness, he's, he's with them, he makes himself known, he's a, is a, a pillar of, of cloud in the, in the day, a pillar of fire at night, right? He, he in the temple, the, his shining glory was present in the temple. It was uh, like, I don't know exactly what that means because I don't think it's, it's out of this world to understand what exactly, they probably couldn't put words to it, but it was there, they could see it, it was tangible. You know, last weekend at Christmas, we celebrated the birth of Emmanuel. Michael talked about that name, Emmanuel. The name of, another name for Jesus, which means God with us. That when, that when Jesus came to this earth, God's presence was, he was with us. He was with the people. He walked around with us. And when Jesus was talking to his disciples and explaining that he was gonna have to, to go back to heaven, he was gonna, he was gonna leave them. He said he, he wasn't gonna leave them alone though. That he was gonna, that God's presence was still gonna be with them, that he would send the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 through 18 says this. This is Jesus speaking. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And that's exactly what happened in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit comes. The presence of God came, filled up every believer, encouraged them, empowered them, filled them with boldness, comforted them, and was present with them. And that hasn't changed. The Holy Spirit is still here with us today. His presence is with us and in us if we will make space for him to speak, if we will look for him. And so I can't think of a better way to start off the new year than to take some time and make space for God to speak to us. You know, as we remember the last year, we think back on the last year, maybe there's some things that God uh, wants you to not just push aside, but to revisit. But also, what does he have for us in the new year? What does he have for us in this year, 2022? There's gonna be a lot of things we can't foresee. There's gonna be a lot of things we won't be able to control. There's gonna be a lot of things we won't be able to plan for. If the last few years haven't taught us that, then we haven't learned very much. But 
But what we can know and can't expect is that God wants to be with us. And God wants to walk alongside us. And God wants to be with his people. So I want to I want to do a little activity, a little exercise with you guys. I want you, I want to encourage you to to just participate with this and we're going to take a couple of minutes and just be silent before the Lord. And and I'm going to kind of lead us through a little exercise and if it helps maybe close our eyes, let's close our eyes. Um, if the worship team wants to start to make their way back up here, you don't have to come up right away, but, or you can come up, but this is, this will take a few minutes. But let's just take a few minutes and let's just, let's just close our eyes. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. I want to invite you guys to picture Jesus standing right in front of you. What if Jesus walked into the room right now and went up to you and stood right in front of you? What do you see? In your mind, what do you, what do you see happening? What's he, what's he doing? Is he hugging you? Is he speaking words of encouragement to you? Is he taking your hand and wanting to guide you somewhere? Is he giving you something? Is is he taking something, some burden off of you, away from you? What do you see? What's he saying to you? What do you feel? Do you feel joy? Do you feel love? Do you feel safe? Do you feel peace? Do you feel hopeful? Relief? Comfort? What do you feel? Pay attention to, to what you feel. Spirit. 
are you thinking about right now? What thoughts are going through your head? What is Jesus saying to you? Let's just sit in this just a little bit longer. You can go ahead and open your eyes if you want to. Now, for some of you, that might have been really weird. <laughs> that might have been uncomfortable. And that's okay. You can be honest if that, with yourself if that's true. But how many of you would say you, you sense God in some way? Maybe he, he spoke something to you or encouraged you. A good number of hands, that's awesome. That's awesome. Like, I don't know about you, but I want to start this year off not listening to the news, not listening to the world, not listening to what everybody else has to say and everybody else's opinions. I want to start off the year by listening to him. You know, he has to say to me, now he sees me and what he wants me to let go of this year, what he wants me to grab hold of this year, and what he wants me to do this year and to step into within this year, because that's what matters. That's what's important. You know, sometimes, sometimes when we do things like this, we don't hear anything. And if you didn't hear anything, that's okay. I'll be honest, I didn't really hear much. Maybe that's because I was just watching you all, but that's okay. But maybe tomorrow I will, or the next day I will, right? And so if we give space, if we give God space regularly in our lives, we start to learn what his voice sounds like and you give it enough time and enough experience, then like, he does speak to us, he does come near to us. Maybe not every time or the way we always think he will, but, but he doesn't leave us as orphans. He has come to us, he's with us and he's in us. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you, have a wonderful week.